Well, good morning, Heights family. It's sure good to see all of you this morning. I thought I would start this morning with a quick update. Uh, You're probably already hearing uh, a quick update last week about what I said about being hoarse. Uh, I did get a chance to go see an ENT doctor. If you get a chance to go see an ENT and get scoped, absolutely do that. It's a wonderful process. Um, But anyway, went and and found that out and found out, and this is not the medical term, but I think it's the easiest way to describe it. I have a a blood blister on on my vocal cord. And so the, the good news is with rest, which would not be preaching, but, but with rest, uh, hopefully in about four weeks, it, it could resolve itself and uh, heal. I've already had it for about six weeks now. And so that, that's the idea. And I said, well, what about preaching? And mentioned how many times I preach on Sunday morning. And he grimaced and wasn't very excited about that. And he said, you know, we, we can try that. We can start down that road a little bit of ways and see how some things are going. Uh, but, but he said, boy, you're going to have to be super disciplined to just absolutely not speak at any other time. So that's what we're attempting to do is uh, I'm going to try to continue preaching and then not talk at any other time. And here would be my real prayer request is if it, if it doesn't resolve itself in four weeks, then I probably would have surgery because uh, you don't want the nodule on one side to start to cause a nodule on the other side. So I uh, would very much appreciate your prayers that I can find this balance between trying to continue to preach and not just being stupid um, and, uh, and get the rest that I need for it. And by rest, it's not like I'm tired rest, like just don't speak rest. So uh, anyway, would appreciate your prayers uh, for that. But uh, today we are continuing our series called Can I? And we're looking at the issue of can I carry a gun? Now, I'll be honest with you, I never actually imagined that I would one day preach a message on this. I'm not even suggesting that there's some crying need that I preach this message today. I'll tell you one thing that does kind of excite me about preaching it, and I, and I feel like, uh, you know, helps me fulfill a goal as a, as a preacher, and that is I want to be, be a church where people have a chance to actually hear what's going on in the world being addressed and they hear it discussed from a, a biblical perspective. I desperately want for our young people over here. I, I want it for all ages and all people. But I really want our young people to be able to say on anything. My church has talked about that. You know, you know we, we addressed that. We, we looked at that. And so on, on all of these... <clears throat> Excuse me, on all of these issues, guns, sex, next week we're going to be looking at drinking. A couple of weeks ago, even the black and blue, it wasn't in this series, but it, it falls in the same kind of thing. Uh, I want to be a church dealing with the issues that are all around us. And, and you know, my goal in that is not to conform you to the way I think. My goal in that is not that you agree with me. Now, that sounds kind of funny. Obviously, I want to make a a good case, a good argument, something you can agree with. But you know what? I'm almost more excited if you don't agree, if you doubt, if you're not quite sure, because hopefully then that motivates you to go home and say, well, what? What do I believe? What does the scripture say? How am I applying that? How am I living that out? I want to be a church that encourages every single individual to build their biblical view, to build their biblical understanding. And the reason I want that for you is because one day you're going to stand before God and you don't get to say, well, he said, 
Okay, I promise you don't do that. Don't, don't say my pastor told me. You need to be building your own understanding of, of why we hold the views that we hold. And, and so that, that brings us today to, to looking at this issue of, of carrying a gun, which is kind of a, a simple question on one hand, right? Can I carry a gun? Well, yeah. I, I mean, by the laws of the United States, I can carry a gun in most states, not all. And I can carry a gun in most places, not all. You need to know those laws. And, uh, and I'm going to suggest that as a believer, there's nothing in Scripture that prohibits me from doing that. So carry a gun if you want. Don't carry a gun if you don't want. And, uh, well, that's it. That's all I've got to say today. Let's go home and, and call it a day and I'll get my rest, huh? No, no, we're not, you're not getting off that easy. N- neither am I. Neither am I. You know, I want to tell you actually what brought me to speaking about this today. Some of you know this. I, as a matter of fact, I'm getting ready to do it here in the next month. I, I go away late fall. I'll go away for three or four days by myself, and I kind of pray and think about sermons for 2017. And I'll usually map out bulk uh, the bulk of the year. And so it was, it was really almost a year ago this time that I put the Can I series together. That I was thinking about that, designed that, put it all together. And so it was about a year ago that came together. Well, last spring, uh, and then when I put that together, Can I Gary a Gun was not a part of the series. Last spring, I was scrolling through Facebook and I saw this clip, uh, this video online of a, of a leader, a speaker, speaking about guns. And, and I, I listened to that. And after 30 seconds of listening to that, I went to my preaching calendar, pulled up the Can I series, found one to take out and put in, can I carry a gun? And, and, and so that's, that's what got this here. And I'm, well, what did you hear? What did you, what happened? Well, I was listening to this, this guy. He is a, he is a uh, president of a, of a large Christian university in our area of the country. And it's a clip, so I don't have the whole context uh, of the message. I didn't get that it was about guns per se, but, but in, in the clip, this message, and he is speaking to thousands, I mean, maybe over 10,000, college kids. In, in this clip, he, he is shown saying, you know, I, I, matter of fact, he, I think he refers to having a gun. He, he literally reaches back, you know, like, I got it with me right now. And, and he actually, and he wasn't really like making a joke being funny, but he, he kind of turns to the people on the stage around and says, can I pull this out right now? And the answer would be, no. But uh, they're all kind of like, you know, and, he, and he's implying, I got it and I could pull it out. And then he turns to the crowd and, and, and he says, college kids, I encourage everybody here to get a gun and to get a concealed weapons permit. Of course, pretty conservative crowd. I mean, it's why it's being shared on all of our Facebook pages. We get all up about stuff like that. And, and so a big cheer goes up. And I'll be honest with you, folks. I thought that was an incredibly irresponsible and immature moment for that person. And I'm saying that as somebody who fears that people might say something is right or something is wrong because of what I've said. I fear people, you, doing something, because he said it was Okay, you know what? Sometimes there are some things that are okay or or not okay, but a lot of process goes into understanding the scripture, praying, thinking, and working through that to get to that simple statement of what's right or wrong. 
and, and how I'm going to interpret that. And, and see, there was none of that kind of process communicated. I mean, here's the ridiculousness of this. They're college students, right? So somewhere between 50 and 75% of the crowd can't even legally purchase a gun or get a concealed weapon permit because you can't do that till you're 21. So it's just an, an utterly unnecessary statement. I just think a whole lot more goes into that than a right. Now, now before you write me off as a gun hater and you're not a gun hater, I, I want you to understand where I'm coming from as I make these comments. I own guns, plural. They're not antiques, and they're not for hanging on a wall. They're, they're, they're for shooting. I have a concealed weapon permit. My wife has a concealed weapon permit. And I think before you lay down a penny to purchase a gun, to get a permit, there's a lot that needs to be thought through there. What are the laws? Why do I want to do this? In these scenarios that suggest why I want to do this, what do I see myself doing? How would I handle that? What does the scripture say? And then you're talking about training and understanding and all these different things. I see, to me, that's all a part of a process of making a, a mature spiritual decision about whether that is something that you're going to do or not. Listen, the last reason that we do something is because we have a right I can't think of a more immature reason to do something than I have a right. That's the last reason that a believer should... That's not just a statement about guns. That's about anything. That's the last reason that you and I should do something is because we have a right. We want to know God, what it means to walk with Him, understand Him, and do this in, in whatever that decision might be. And, and you know, one thing to kind of keep this all in perspective, this is a gun owner saying this, if I lose my right to carry a gun tomorrow, do you realize I've not lost anything that enables me to be a follower of Jesus Christ in this world? I've lost nothing. So, so we need to keep it in that kind of perspective, whatever we discuss, right? So what I want to do today is give you Five principles, maybe five kind of starting points to think through. It's not meant to lead you one direction. It's not meant to lead you to a gun. It's not meant to lead you away from a gun. It's meant to lead you on how you might think through how you would make that decision for yourself. And the operative word is starting point. I'm not covering everything. I'm not looking at every verse, every issue in Scripture that could be looked at to make this decision. But hopefully what you get in these five things is, is kind of a, oh, okay, that's the kinds of things I need to be thinking about and dealing with. Let me tell you, before I tell you what we're talking about, let me tell you what I'm not talking about. We're not talking about hunting. Okay, This isn't about buying a, a rifle, a shotgun for the purpose of hunting. That has nothing to do with what we're talking about. This is also not a discussion about police and military. I look at Romans chapter 13. I believe it's very clear that God authorizes the state to, to weaponize a force for lethal action. I, I mean, that is in Scripture. But regardless of whether you agree or disagree or understand that, it, that's not the discussion we're having today. We're talking about an individual like me who is not authorized to take lethal force against somebody. You understand that? Okay, Self-defense or a Second Amendment right does not authorize me by the state to, to kill. So I'm talking about a person like me, which would be most of us, 
that individual purchasing a handgun that, that really has one specific purpose why we would get something like that. So that's what we're addressing this morning. So if I'm thinking about doing that or if I'm thinking about continuing to do something like that, here's the kinds of things I, I think we want to think through. First of all, man, before I ever start thinking about this, I need to realize if I ever make a mistake with this, if we make a mistake, we are going to err on the side of too highly valuing life because that's what we do, right? We value life. Genesis 9-6 says, whoever sheds the blood of man, by man shall his blood be shed for God made man in his own image. Do you realize to take a human life, to murder in a criminal way, it is of such a high crime that God says the only consequence for that can be a forfeiture of your own life. That, that's not a contradiction about the value of life. That is the most perfect way to express the value of life. To take it requires one penalty. One payment. And by the way, that speaks to all kinds of things. That, that speaks to abortion. That speaks to euthanasia. That, that speaks to carrying a gun. And sometimes we, we qualify life. Well, that, that's a, that's only a potential life. It's not real life yet. Or, or there's such a declining quality of life. Or, or that's not a deserving life. Hey, put the adjective you want to in front of it. It's human life. And we value that. That doesn't mean, that doesn't mean I can't defend myself. That doesn't mean I can't carry a gun. But boy, it absolutely means there is absolutely nothing to be cavalier. Nothing to be tough. And certainly nothing to be thoughtless about the idea of carrying a gun. I think a gun owner has to reconcile in their mind, why am I carrying a weapon that has an intended purpose when I clearly have a mandate on my life to highly value life, okay? So that might be the, the kind of the first principle we think through in this. A second one, we obey the law. Now, is that kind of so simple that it's stupid? Well, yeah, of course, of course we're going to obey the law. We're not talking about obeying. Yeah, we're totally talking about obeying the law. There's a lot of laws that govern guns. There's a lot of laws that govern a concealed weapons permit. I think sometimes I've, I've heard it. I got the second amendment. I got it concealed. I can go where I want, carry it when I want. No, you can't. Listen, followers of Christ know and obey the law first and foremost. Romans 13, 1 says, let every person, who's every person? Yeah, every one of us, not a trick question. Let, let every single person be subject to governing authorities. What if I don't agree with the governing authorities? What if the governing authorities are doing something wrong? Then get on your knees and praise God that you live in a country where at least on some level you can protest that and maybe bring about a change to that. But until the change is brought about, make it, make no mistake, you and I are subject to governing authorities. Whoever resists authorities resist what God has appointed. And those who resist, count on it. You're going to incur strict judgment. We're law-abiding people. We obey the law. And folks, that means there's no place for a believer to be ignorant of the law. 
Not, oh, I didn't know. No, it's our job to know, especially, I mean, in all things, right? But especially when we're talking about something that involves human life. And there's a lot of laws governing that. You know, for instance, a concealed weapon permit in in Virginia, and, and the reason I say Virginia is because the laws change from state. They're different in Maryland, Maryland. They're different in North Carolina. They're different in D.C. And, and the fact you've got to, well, I got, you, boy, if you're going to another state, you better know what that state says. Now, in Virginia, okay, I can have, a, I can have my Second Amendment. I can have a concealed weapon permit. I can have all of that. You know what? I can't carry a gun into a school. That's illegal, period. I can't carry a gun into a courthouse. And here's a big one. As a matter of fact, when I talk about getting trained, getting educated, when you read all the laws governing a concealed weapon permit, you may kind of start to wonder what's even the point. I mean, there's so many places you can't carry it. A big one is you can't carry a gun into any place, any property where the owner has posted a sign saying no firearms, no guns. That supersedes your right. It supersedes your permit. An owner has the right to forbid you from carrying a weapon onto their property. And and folks, a lot of places like that now have one of those. And are you ready for this one? Here's a little shock and surprise. It's in the Virginia law on concealed weapon permits. You may not carry a gun to a place of worship that has gathered for the purpose of worship. Can't carry a gun on Sunday mornings into the church. Well, yeah, but... No, see, on, on nothing, folks, is there a yeah, but. We obey the law. Don't like the law? There's avenues for dealing with that. But we obey the law until it's changed. So whatever we're going to do with a gun, we're going to understand the laws and obey the laws. Number three, and I'm going to shift gears on you a little bit, turn the tables a little bit. Number three... There can be a time to kill. There can be a time to kill. Ecclesiastes 3, for everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. A time to kill. Now, to be clear, I pulled a phrase out there. If if you're not familiar with this passage, other than maybe a cool 60s song, uh, when you go to this passage, there's like 20 things that there's a time for. There, there's a time to laugh. There's a time to cry. There's a time for war. There's a time for peace. It was out of a long list of things that I just pulled out one phrase. And always watch out when one phrase has been pulled out. That, that's why I'm telling you that. So it says, though, that, hey, listen, there's a time to kill. Now, let me tell you what this is not referring to. God is not saying here, boy, you know what? Every now and then you just got to pop off and kill that guy. <laughs> I mean, seriously, some of them just need to go. That's entirely not what that is saying. And, and you know what, folks? When it says there's a time, and I, I'm, I'm totally making this number up. But my guess is about 95% of those times fall under verses I've already quoted this morning. When there's been a murder, it's time to kill. It's, it's time to take that person's life from them. It, it could be something like Romans 13, 1 to 7, that, that, that talks about the state having the authority. It bears the sword to bring justice. That could be what it is referring to. Possibly, this is where you would put, and I would imagine under very few places, this is where you would put self-defense. 
I, I think most of this, when it says the time to kill, is already biblically defined in other places. It could be that you would put self-defense under there. Let, let me tell you what it would also not be included in a time to kill. Revenge. Okay, if somebody breaks into my home, kills one of my family members, and they're out the house, okay, I can't pick up my gun, chase them down the street. That's not self-defense anymore. That's now revenge. And Romans 12, 19 makes it very clear. God has not put revenge in my hands. It's his. He, la- he actually says, vengeance is mine. I own it. I, it belongs to me. And there are times and places where he puts revenge into the hands of the state for them to bring justice. And you know what? The state doesn't always rightly bring about that justice. It's still in God's hands. And I have to trust the time and the way that he brings that justice about. But, but after the fact, in other words, I mean, Romans twelve seventeen says, we don't return evil for evil. After the fact is not self-defense. So, so that would not be a, a time to kill. In that moment, I now have to trust the Lord and I have to trust and see if he'll use the state to bring about justice on that. So possibly something like that, under the realm of the law, I have the ability to defend myself and to stop evil from happening toward me or a family member. I'm not authorized to go out in the community and protect you. There's no law that authorizes me to do that. But I can protect myself and my family. So perhaps that is a place to do that. Now, there's three principles. Let's stop just for a second and maybe just deal with some questions that might be floating around in our head. Like, for instance, doesn't Jesus say something about turning the other cheek? Go ahead and say yes. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Gosh, I forgot about that. Um, yeah, Jesus does say turn the other cheek. As a matter of fact, he says it this way in Matthew five thirty nine. But I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. Did I just contradict that a moment ago? Did I say I could stop evil? Because that sounds like that says don't resist the one who's evil. That's that's a bit confusing. Okay, let's, let's see if we can figure out what's going on here. Anyway, Jesus goes on to say, if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. Now, this is one verse. This passage, verse 39, is in a group of verses. It begins in verse 38, and it goes to verse 42. I encourage you to write that down. Maybe go read that or even turn to it right now. Because in verse 38 to 42, Jesus gives a number of illustrations. You know, if somebody slaps you on the cheek, here's what you do. Somebody takes your coat, here's what you do. And in all of this, what Jesus is addressing is retaliation. He's addressing retaliation. He's addressing revenge. And, and so quite possibly, and this is the kind of thing you have to reconcile in your own heart. If you're going to carry a gun and would ever see yourself using that, you, 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 am I allowed to resist? Am, am I allowed to stop evil from happening towards me? And, and again, I mean, folks, this is kind of where I wrap back around and, and, and pick up uh, the first principle Boy, if we're going to make a mistake, we make a mistake on valuing life. You know, I'll tell you something. This is a gun owner saying that. I think I've said that twice now. If I get to heaven, I would much rather have God say to me, you know, you could have defended yourself there than have God say to me, what were you doing? What were you doing taking a life there? 
Does that make sense? And if one of those two things is going to happen, I'm going to go with this one. I'm going to go with a you could have rather than what did you do. Okay? But see, this to me is the kind of... This is why I say, hey folks, it's okay to carry a gun. No, no, no. I think there's a whole lot more thinking and praying and processing that needs to be done to understand that. I, I do believe as I look at these verses and I look at all of the illustrations Jesus uses, none of them are life-threatening. They all seem to be somewhat controlled and maybe leads us to a fourth principle. I, I think this is a principle you have to have if you carry a gun. And that is, boy, we better be prepared to have a super high threshold. Folks, make no doubt. Do not be confused. Jesus absolutely expects you to suffer. He expects you and I to put up with a lot. That doesn't necessarily mean a life-threatening situation, but he expects you to put up with a lot. And you know what this means at the very minimum? Hey, believers aren't trigger happy, right? We're, we're not looking for... We're not watching the news and going, boy, I sure would like to be in that city. I will tell you what I would have done there. I'd tell you how I'd have. We don't want to be provoked. Folks, you don't want to find out actually what, what you would do in that moment. Okay? So we're going to be prepared to have a very high threshold. Maybe another question that's a little bit different. Doesn't Jesus say something about blessed are the peacemakers? Yes. Yeah. Doesn't Jesus say something about the peacemakers? Yeah, he sure does. That's us. Matter of fact, this is what he said. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they are the sons of God. You know what a son is? A son is somebody who carries the image and the quality of his father. When you and I are a peacemaker in the world in which we live, you know what we're doing? We're, we're, we're carrying the image of our daddy into the world. We're carrying his character quality into our Folks, that's what you and I should be known for. At work, at school, when we're out in the... I mean, people should literally talk about you and say, you know, that girl, every time she's there, it just seems like people come to compromise. Boy, every time she's involved, we get to an answer. Boy, that guy, whenever he enters the room, the tensions, they just seem to come down. We're not a people who elevate anger and frustration. We're not a people who elevate the problem. We're the ones who bring it. Hey, let's take a deep breath. Let's, let's see what we can do to bring an answer to the... That's what is to characterize our lives. So, gosh, if that's the case, super fair question. Does, it, does somebody for whom that's their goal carry a gun? And, and by the way, not only peacemaker, but all kinds of qualities. Aren't we supposed to be gentle? Aren't we supposed to be humble? Yes. Not supposed to like, hey, if y'all got time to work on it this week, try that gentle, humble thing. No, you and I are commanded. We're commanded to be gentle. So I'm gentle, I'm humble, uh, I'm a peacemaker, and I'm packing a nine millimeter Swift & Wesson. I mean, I mean honestly, no, no pun, no, not being funny, that almost sounds like a bit of a, a contradiction, doesn't it? Now, I've, I've reconciled in my life, while that is to be my goal, I'm not disturbing peace. I'm not removing peace. I'm not taking peace to keep somebody from killing me. That, that, that's not a removal. I may actually be creating an opportunity peace for myself and maybe even for others by stopping a person like that. Okay, then there's another one. How about this question? Thou shalt not... That might be the biggest question of all, right? 
I mean, that's like the super big question. Thou shalt not kill. Now, I guess my follow-up to the Lord in that would be, Lord, does my not killing entail letting myself be killed? Does my not killing entail letting my family be killed? I've, I've decided not. Because I also have all of scripture. God said thou shalt not kill. That's not how you live. That's not how you deal with problems. That's, that's not how you deal with people. We're not going to initiate that kind of action. That kind of environment. That's not what we do. But, but there can be a, what is it? It can be a time to kill. What, what would that be? Well, it would, you know, if somebody has killed it, 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 by the state, the state would take care of that, not me. You, you know, so there are these places, again, I've decided for me that, that self-defense would fall under that, okay? One more principle, number five, in all things, wisdom, right? In, in all things, wisdom, and I picked this proverb out. I mean, I picked this one out especially. Because I'll be honest with you folks. And, and, and I mean, you carry a gun, you have a little sense of strength. You have a little bit of a sense of, hey, I, I can handle myself if push comes to shove. I, I, can, I can defend myself. It, it adds an air of confidence. And by the way, there's all kinds of things that you and I get an air of strength, an air of confidence from doing. What does the scripture say? And shouldn't I be looking first and foremost to being a wise man under God for that? A wise man is full of strength. And a man of knowledge enhances his might. For by wise guidance you can deal with war. By wise guidance you can deal with hostility. By wise guidance you can deal with a place, a situation where killing has happened. Wisdom ought to be our first step. What's wisdom? It's using this first, not a right. It means I am, there is training, there is understanding, there is understanding and working the laws, there is all these, you know, I'm going to imagine scenarios and settings, okay, I want a gun because I might one day end up in this situation, okay, well, let me think through that situation and imagine what would actually be going on there and and what I can do. For instance, let me give you an example. This is actually an example I thought through before I purchased a handgun. You know, we're all get a little bit overwhelmed with this way too often news stories of these active shooters in crowds, right? Where somebody is going in and just indiscriminately killing people. I mean, that, that would be the kind of thing that would get a lot of people say, you know what, I want to own a gun. I, w- I want to be able to protect myself in that moment. Okay, wait a minute, Randy, if that's what you're thinking, how would you protect yourself in that moment, what, what do you see yourself doing? And I've come to the conclusion for me, and I'm not saying I'm right. I've talked to some officers about this. Uh, I, would, I would draw my gun, but I would keep it close to myself. And I would not go and engage that shooter. So what, what, what would be the purpose of having a gun in that moment if you're not going to go and engage the shooter? Here's why. Because I'm not trained and skilled to handle that moment. And the odds are just as good that I kill somebody innocent as that I kill the shooter. That, that's, a, that's a historical FBI fact. The odds are just as good. Do you understand? Going to the range periodically and being able to shoot a piece of paper pretty good in no way, shape, or form prepares you for that moment and how to handle it. 
So I, I've, okay, I've, I've decided I'm going to carry a gun. I want to be able to defend myself. Well, what, the, here's one of the reasons. What would I actually do? I'd hunker down is what I would do. And I would do what I can to protect me and to protect my family. But if that shooter begins to engage me, you say, well, gosh, isn't that kind of selfish? You're only protecting yourself? No, because the innocent people are just as a danger from me as, as they are the shooter. But if that person begins to move toward me, and if they get within 21 feet, any officer in here ought to be proud that I know that number. If they get within 21 feet, I'm going to defend myself. And I'm going to defend my family. Say, man, that's a lot to think through. Yeah, I think when we're talking about something like human life, you ought to think through everything. It, it, it ought to be as mature and as thought through and as biblical and as law-abiding as you can get. And you don't, it's not a one-time process. You, you, you keep doing all of those things. Because this is, this is human life. I don't want to do something just because I have a right. I want to be just. I want to be right. And I want to be godly in how I'm handling myself, in the decisions that I'm making, in how I'm working through things, in how people witness and observe that. And you know, here's the incredibly good news. I mean, I mean for all, you're on the fence, you don't know which way to go, you're, you're against. Hey, here's some good news. Most people, I mean like way most people have walked on this planet and lived a long, full life without ever carrying a weapon to defend themselves. I mean, the, the odds are with us. And guess what, folks? My faith isn't in odds. My faith is in Christ. A, a, a believer should have some comfort in that, right? You know, folks, again, carrying a gun, drinking, we're going to look at next week, uh, Rated R movies. I mean, just go on and on and on. All the issues we might think through. Man, don't we want to be a witness to our children, to our friends, our family, of a godly way of arriving at our decisions, a biblical way of arriving at our decisions? And I hope after everything I've said, you understand why I would say, how selfish and immature, if the only reason you're doing something is because you have a right. That doesn't... The Bill of Rights doesn't shape and direct and define my life. The Word of God shapes and directs and defines my life. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you right now. And Lord, I pray that last statement would be true of me, would be true of all of us. That God in all things, big public issues, big private issues, personal issues. God in all things, things people see in us, things people don't see in us. God, I pray our opinions, our feelings, our rights are not the primary guide. Those got to be factored in. They're real. But Lord, I pray we're letting your word shape and direct and define us because your word comes out of your goodness, your wisdom. Your word comes from a place of wanting justice to be done and wanting us to live in a world that is just and, and right and true and peaceful. God, whatever decision I make, with or without a gun, I pray people can see how I sought you and how I sought your word. May that be the model and the example that we give to those we love and to a, to a whole world that is watching. 
Lord, we need your help in this. Holy Spirit, thank you that you live inside us to to guide us as we pursue your word in these things. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen.